Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. High noon on a Tuesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we have a decade of NFL experience and not nearly as much money as Patrick Mahomes. Thanks for reminding me how broke we both are. Well, I don't know about broke. Collectively. But just not Pat Mahomes money. Nah, man. I don't care who you are, how much money you have. When his deal came out, we all looked at our bank accounts and just said, dang, <laughs> this sucks. I love, the people, I love the people that were immediately, too, like, well, you know, actually, if you factor in this high tax bracket, it's probably going to be more like $270, $300 million. All right, that sounds pretty good, too. And that's after taxes. Yeah, right. Jeez. After taxes, $270, $300 million. That's I think cool. he's all right. I'll take that. I think, I think he's just fine. Arthur Motes, a 10-year, $500 million contract for Patrick Mahomes. When you heard that news yesterday, what were the, uh, you know, the first kind of thoughts, first, first things that crossed your mind? Well, first off, man, I think like everybody else, I was surprised at the length. You know, we, we always talk about guys getting deals, record-breaking deals. But typically in the sports world, and more specifically when we're talking football, it's traditionally, you know, five years is probably the longest that we've been seeing of lately. Um, I think I'm trying to think. The last time we saw a seven-year deal might have been when Vic signed that yeah, hundred million dollar deal with Atlanta. It's been yeah. a while. I know Brett Favre signed a really long deal, yeah. but that was obviously a long but time was, ago. Yeah. So for since the past you know decade at least, they traditionally have been in the five-year range. Right. So for me, man, initially when I just saw it was a ten-year deal, I was like, holy. Ooh cow like i'm trying to do the math on my fingers like what does that average out to on a per year basis because we know how drastically the market shifts we see it time and time again a guy signs a deal and then three years later the market shifted and now they want to you know renegotiate their their terms because from a money standpoint they're back on a, a super hometown discount right but when I look, when the numbers started to come out, and I mean, shout out to the fact the numbers kept coming out and they kept getting higher and higher. It was like the urban legend, you know? <laughs> hey, man, when I knew this guy, Wes, he was 6'3. Hey, man, when I knew this guy, Wes, he was 6'6. Six, six, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm Wes like, man. Jump out of the gym with no <laughs> shoes on. I'm like, man, how does the number keep going up? First it was 400, then it was 420, <laughs> then it was 450, then it was five. I'm like, God, God, dog, man. Like 503. I was like, yo, who was his agent? Who was this guy? <laughs> He's pulling Houdini numbers right now. This is crazy. (laughs) I said, I've never seen it where the the, the numbers keep going up every time you post. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Man, so that was initially, you know, my thought process. But then after that, man, once the details started to come out and you saw the per year average, I said, I mean, this is a mega deal. And he definitely earned it. And I Mm -hmm. still feel like he's going to be underpaid, you know, on his trajectory after five years. I still feel like he'll be underpaid because you have to think, man. The next wave of guys that are going to get paid, yes. not talking your Dak Prescott or your Deshaun Watsons, but you think about the new wave of guys like a Joe Burrow five years from now, Tua Tagovailoa five years from now, Trevor Lawrence coming into the league in a year from now. You, Lamar Jackson. You, Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? So you, you're thinking to yourselves, the, the market, once you set it, it doesn't go back. It's not going to go the other right. way. Toothpaste doesn't go back nah, in uh-uh. two. It's going to keep going up. We're going to keep running these numbers up. So right now I think he's at 45 per year, which is awesome for him. I mean, to reset the market on that level 
and you see the guarantees associated with it. I think it was what 140 million injury guarantee. He's going to get 63 at signing. Then he has the rolling guarantee, similar to what the Steelers offered Le'Veon. But he also has a no trade clause in his contract, which is huge as well. So when you factor in all of those things, man, I was like, dude, this is this is awesome to see. But I was like, if you're a guy like Dak Prescott, for example, right, and you were fussing about getting 32, yeah. 33, oh, that number is up now. Mm-hmm. Because you know, even with me franchised right now, you franchise me again next year, thanks to Pat Mahomes, my not my tag is going to be $37 million mm-hmm. easily. So that's what I started thinking. I was like, man, how this affects so many other guys and their contract situations going forward over the next five to seven years. And – how Mahomes deal right now is a mega deal, but like I said, in five to seven years, he could be on a still type of deal, man. When yeah, you're looking at absolutely him, he could be getting forty or forty-five, and you got the new wave of guys. You think about a, a Russell Wilson, for example, who only has a couple. He just signed his deal, but it's still drastically shorter. And like you said, with a Lamar Jackson, you, you hear Dak trying to trying to fight for a four-year deal so he can double dip and hit it again when the market resets itself. Mm-hmm. So, man, that, that was some of the things I thought of. But you talk about job security. You talk about Kansas City pulling a power move and, and doing doing smart business. Because I, I keep bringing up Dak because the Cowboys had opportunity to, to lock Dak up two years ago. And years they, they decided to go and, and sign Ezekiel Elliott. when They didn't need to get his deal done. You look at the countless guys on defense that they decided to sign when they could have had Dak for, at $30 million a year. They could have – if they – all of a sudden, those ago, Carson Wentz and those Jared Goff contracts yeah. aren't looking so crazy. Not at all. I said, now if, you, if you're Dak, man, you like I said, you're the most excited because you know you got Dak man, and, and Deshaun good. Watson got to be. We're good. And if you're Lamar Jackson, you just over here, you just over here like, too. oh yeah, baby. <laughs> How many more years slack can renegotiate? Ooh. Okay. So I mean, though, those are the things that really jumped out to me the most when I saw his contract. Yeah. But like I said, on Kansas City's part, it was a great job by them, just locking up a, a young star. In his prime, fresh off two of the – I mean, you talk about a start to your career. It doesn't get any better, baby. It does not. So you talk about all those factors. I mean, they were able to get this deal done and, and, and through a pandemic as well. I know that was some of the things we've been hearing. Oh, negotiations have stalled because of the pandemic. Kansas City not hearing none of that. So shout out to them in that regard, man. But ultimately, man, I think it's a great, great thing for Kansas City and for Mahomes because you talk about financial security. Oh. We say as football players, we understand the risk we take going out there on the field and just ultimately how one play could change your life. But when you look at Patrick Mahomes' deal now, he has major security. He has the the, the long-term deal, the financial element of it. I mean, everything he needs is in place. Now Kansas City's new issue is going to be in two years where they got to find new talent yep. for a lot cheaper because, let's be real, Travis Kelsey ain't taking no discount. Nope. Tyreek Hill is not taking a discount. Nope. Uh, uh, what's it, uh, DeMond uh, Harmon, he's yep. not He's not taking it. I don't think Clark and yeah, Matthew they're, are they're taking discounts. They're not discount. taking discounts, man. It's not happening, baby. So that's going to be the next thing that they're going to have to handle. But it's a good issue to have. Certainly is. So here's the um, the ten year plus contracts in the NFL history, right? Uh, Drew Bledsoe, two thousand one with the Patriots, signed a ten year, hundred three million dollar contract. Also, Brett Favre, two thousand one with the Packers, ten year, hundred million dollar deal. You know what I want to know too is, did they play out the whole ten years? So, it's funny you say that. Um, some of them did, some of them didn't. Brett Favre did, right? Drew Bledsoe. I do not believe did because, I mean, what, two years later, Tom Brady came in and and took over. I believe they ended up buying him out. Uh, Michael Vick with the Falcons in 2004 got a 10-year deal. He did not finish that one out. Uh, Donovan McNabb, 12-year deal with the Eagles. 
<laughs> and and he he a 12 year 115 million dollar deal he finished that one out and then the only other one Dante Culpepper with the Vikings signed a 10 year deal in 2003 and I don't think he finished that either mm-hmm. right because by 2013 Favre was there wasn't he didn't he come in 2012 no Favre was been there before then well, he been there Marvin, before then oh yeah you're well, right no no, no 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 2009 he, no he'd have been 13 he'd had to have been 13 or 12 well, because no, when you dude, played I'm for tripping. the Bills, yeah, you yeah. hit Favre on yeah, the Vikings. Yeah, that would have been in 10. Yeah. That would have been in 10, right? So it had to be 08 when he got there then. Or maybe 08 was the Jets for one year and, and then, then 09. Because remember, Vikings, his first Vikings. year in Minnesota is when he went to the NFC Championship Correct. game. And then Which next was the year, Saints. And then right. the next year, Art Demotes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Brett Favre didn't either. So the only mm. one on that list was Donovan McNabb, right? Bledsoe, no. Yeah. Favre, no. Culpepper, no. Michael Vick, no. Wow. Patrick Mahomes, a chance to be the first. Five hundred million. You know Arthur Motes. I did the math on this last night. All right, I did some research. I looked this uh-oh, up. Oh, as you know, I love to do research and get my notes and everything. This is true. Patrick Mahomes' five hundred million dollar contract. He's now more valuable. I, again, I looked this up than a certain number of American sports franchises. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Do you want to guess what that yes. number is? The number of American sports franchises that don't ha- even have a valuation of five hundred million dollars at this current point. Any of the MLS teams. Okay, so I, sh- I should have prefaced, only did four big, only did oh, okay, NFL, okay. Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL. Gotcha, okay. But you're right, all of the MLS teams. I would teams, say none of the MLS for teams sure. out there. From a baseball standpoint, uh, what about the Milwaukee uh, Brewers? They were not. The only ones who were close were the uh, Miami Marlins, but they were They're valued. New, they yeah. were they were valued uh, a little over $800 million. I don't think any NFL team is No valued. NFL team, no baseball team. Basketball, though, what about the Bucks? There were some close ones in basketball. So the Bucks value is much higher now because of everything that Giannis has done the last few years. Okay. Well, ooh, you the know what? Suns, the Orlando Magic. I guarantee the Nets before Kyrie and KD got there, it was down there as well. And maybe the Cavs at one point, yeah. too. Shoot, the Cavs might be now. There are nine. Stocks declining. Arthur Motes, there are nine American sports franchises. Oh, well, man. I should say North American sports Correct. because the okay. Winnipeg Jets are one of them. <laughs> but there are nine North American sports franchises who don't even have a valuation of over $500 million. Wow. Yet Patrick Mahomes just got that contract. That's insane. I'm not going to lie. You know, the, this when I saw the deal, it put back into context just how rich Floyd Mayweather is, too. Yeah. I said, he's going. He had, it's going to take him 10 years for this deal. I said Mayweather had 300 M's for one fight. I said, for "Oh my fight. god, <laughs> yeah. that's that just is different. crazy." That is just different. Yeah, no Ooh. doubt about that. Patrick Mahomes, 500 million dollar contract. Could it actually be team friendly in the long term? Right, because five years from now, Patrick Mahomes is going to be 29 years old, and that market coming could into be his prime completely reset i want to talk about that on the other side as well as we mentioned dak and some other guys but who are the real who are those that really benefit from this patrick mahomes deal and then are there maybe some losers in there as well too we'll get to all of that on the other side taking your tweets as well at wes Euler at the body 52 the body inside the electric factory on a tuesday where we don't have nearly as much cheddar as patrick mahomes thanks for reminding me we're all broke appreciate you but at least we don't use Hunt's ketchup. We got that going Big for facts. us. <laughs> Come back with us inside the Electric Factory. It's Euler Remotes on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Out here acting crazy on a Tuesday, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. Talking turkey. Or maybe well done steak with Hunt's ketchup on it is the better way to put it because that's the only bad thing Pat Mahomes has going so, for him. I, like, how do you, how can you, no. I refuse to believe that he really eats his steaks well done with Hunt's ketchup on it. Like, what are you doing? I think he's like said this before. I don't like, think it's like other people I, I are know, saying this for him. I know, but this is, you uncultured man. Like, what are you Mote, doing? You have to pay me $500 million <laughs> to eat a well done steak with ketchup on it. My children don't even eat their steaks well done with ketchup on it. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are we talking about here, Patrick Mahomes? Who's cooking this well done steak, by the way? What's going on here, yeah. man? Does he not have people in his life that care enough about him to tell Clearly, him that this is a problem? If you eat your steak well done, I mean, you might as well go get you some beef jerky for all that. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Jeez. Motes, here's an interesting thing. Um, before we get to some of the winners and losers of this big contract, you know, other than Patrick Mahomes being a huge winner, obviously. Mm-hmm. How long until <laughs> Patrick Mahomes isn't quite as beloved as he is right now, right? Because we all know how this works, Motsy. Mm-hmm. You bust onto the scene, you have some success, you're fun, you're the new guy, you're likable, everybody loves you. But then as the years roll along and you start ripping their teams hard out and beating their team in the playoffs and putting up big numbers against your squad. Uh, what's the over-under on the amount of years before Patrick Mahomes' popularity turns into, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe some Tom Brady-style dislike, some See, LeBron James-style dislike? The, the one thing he has going for him opposite of LeBron and Brady Sidney Crosby dislike? He's not as polarizing of a figure in his personality. He's more outspoken than a Sid the Kid. A lot of times with Sid, because he doesn't talk a lot, people just create an opinion of him and just run with it. That's true. Like he does he never defends himself right, wrong, or indifferent. He just never says anything. So that's why people can run with the narrative about him. LeBron, he's very, you know out there he's gonna say what he wants people still hate him for the decision which was still i don't understand how you can hate the man for that but it is what it is but people they don't like the super confident hmm. especially you know when, when cocky you, you know what i mean yeah. like and he's not even i wouldn't even say on the cocky side he's just very confident but they don't like that with brady obviously you have the super confidence along with some of the scandal of being with the Patriots and the jankiness that takes place <laughs> up in Foxborough. I love when you use that word. <laughs> so that's a part of the reason why he's on the naughty list. But when you talk about Mahomes, they love his voice. He got the little Kermit the Frog voice. So that's cool. He's still like a little kid having fun out there. He's young. He hasn't, you know, done anything outlandish just yet. And, and he still has like his, uh, his college sweetheart on top of that. He didn't. He didn't <laughs> pull true. the Brady where he left the that's baby true. moms and then married the supermodel. You know what I mean? Like he ain't pulled that move. That's true. Yeah. So so he's good right now. And hopefully he'll stay that way. Yeah. I don't want to have to hate him. I mean, come no, on. I, I, I tell you what, if he keep eating them steaks well done with ketchup on, we gonna have a problem. Well, that's but true. other than that, yeah, he's on my good list. All right. So let's talk about like winners and losers here, right? Trending up, trending downward. Um, well done steaks and Hunt's ketchup. Are they trending upward with this big contract? Nah, come chance. on, come on. Uh, I refuse. One guy who I wonder, he's definitely a winner in this. I wonder if it makes him kind of consider what his next decade looks like. How about Andy Reid? 
right? Mm. Two decades of taking good quarterbacks like Donovan McNabb, and uh, Donovan McNabb is, is much better quarterback than Alex Smith. I don't want to lump Donovan McNabb in, but, but you get what I'm saying, right? The Donovan McNabbs, the Alex Smiths, the, the older Michael Vick, um, who is the guy, Cobb, Kolb, who ended up in Arizona? John Cobb. John Cobb. No. John Cobb. John Cobb. Cobb. John Cobb yeah. is the same. <laughs> yeah, Cobb. Yeah, yeah. John yeah, Cobb. That was, was my Buffalo cat. Yeah. Um, even I mean Nick Foles, right? Got his, got his start with too, Andy. Man. Yeah, like this guy who for two decades has taken quarterbacks of of different skill levels and has gotten the best out of them. Now, arguably, has the best quarterback with the highest skill level. If Andy Reid was thinking about retiring anytime soon, Motsi, I don't know. This might this might put another little pep in his step, keep him around a little bit longer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The thing that I will say in terms of Andy Reid is, how old is that man? Well, he's I'm looking it up 70? right now. He's just turned 62. Oh, oh man, he's yeah. good then. So, so he's he, still got time. He got another 10 years. I mean, yeah, I think Pete Carroll's up there. So, yeah, he's good. He's going to be eating some well-done steaks. As long as you got your quarterback, man, you can play as long as you coach as long as you want to coach. I quarterback think, go, then you go. I think, right, like that's from, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan or you're a Patrick Mahomes fan, I think you have to be confident. We've seen, right, that other than Tom Brady, a lot of quarterbacks, they struggled to win another Super Bowl after they signed that big mega deal, right? Because then the roster's not as good. Changes everything. Changes everything. I got to think Mahomes has just as good a shot of anybody to kind of go against that trend, right? Because of Andy Reid, because of the success they've had there and finding Tyreek Hills and Kareem Hunts, right? And guys, skill position players well outside of the first round. It's kind of a good situation for everybody, I think, going forward. Yeah, but I think that's still a lot of optimism right there, it's honestly. True. Because even when Alex Smith was there, they still had a quarterback in place. That's you true. see what I mean? So they were still able to spend a little bit more money on some pieces, whether it was on offense or defense. I know we like to crown teams and just say they do it all through the draft, but no, they, it's a mix of draft and free agency, and that's what the Chiefs have been able to do. But the issue is this, man. Once you find those guys, right, once you find your Tyree Kills, once you find your Travis Kelseys, those guys have been there for a while now. That changes, though, once they get their deals and they leave. That changes because now you have to reset process and do it all over again. How many times are you going to you gonna find a Tyree Kill where they found him? How many times are you going to find true. a Travis Kelsey where they found him at, like, third that, round that's, for Kelsey? That's not easy to do. Kareem Hunt was a third-round guy, yeah. too, I think, and that, I know he's gone. That's but... not easy to do, though, not at all. So that's my only concern with that. And right now, when we talk about projecting in terms of can Mahomes overcome less talent around him? We thought the same thing with Aaron Rodgers as well. Remember that. And we saw that turned out. We said the same thing about Brady numerous times. Even though when we break it down, it's like, no, Brady has had pieces around him. Yes. But we saw last year where it wasn't there. That was not the case. And how that happened. We see it numerous times where, yeah, you might be able – and we're not saying that he won't win games. I mean, you're still able to win games. But we're talking about going deep into the playoffs. It's not like basketball where you could just have a superstar with four bums around him and he's going to be able to <laughs> will him to victory. Like, that's not how it works. No. So that's my only concern when we're talking about Mahomes being able to offset that trend of once a guy wins Super Bowl, gets the mega deal, it all goes downhill because we've seen even with, uh, with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about a guy that could will it. He, he wills them faithfully to the playoffs. But once you get there, it's like you're going to come up against more complete teams that have more in their cupboard, and you just don't have enough Better for it. Better rosters. Yeah. Another winner in this, Motes, and I guess it depends on how you look at it, right? Because it probably, you know, puts a, uh, a, a final date, an expiration date on his Kansas City Chiefs tenure. But Travis Kelsey, 
Whew, he's got two more years left with the Chiefs before he hits free agency this yep. season in 2021. And he is going to put up some big numbers with Patrick Mahomes these next two you, years. You don't think he's going to stay for the hometown discount? And he is going to get paid. I don't think he's going to stay for the hometown discount because Moats' his last contract was already a team-friendly deal. Five years, less than $50 million a year. That's a really good deal to get Kelsey you know, on a less than $10 million a year cap hit for what, one of the best two tight ends in football? But but don't they say, was it rings are more important than money, right? Maybe. But he's got a ring now. What so, if he gets another one in the next two years? I'm just saying, that's what they say, right? Hey, man, Brady took less and all these other things. So, you know, maybe Yeah, well, not everybody has a billionaire man. wife either, so, like Tom Brady. So? so <laughs> that's well, so That's what Patrick Mahomes needs to make sure that in the next two years, Travis Kelsey gets him a billionaire yes. wife. And, and then it'll be easier to take a discount. <laughs> take the hometown discount, man. Uh... Uh, it's you know you can look at it as a, a winner or loser um, from Kelsey obviously because again you know you could look at it as okay now maybe he's kind of on borrowed time with the Chiefs but he's gonna get paid by somebody. Well, we know who else gonna be gone. Chris Jones, he is out of there. Mm-hmm. That deal is not happening now. That deal is not happening now. And what about two? You know who I think are, are, are winners from this all, Motsi? What about like uh, the young guys, right? Like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like uh, like McCole oh, Hardman. Man, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna love it. You're gonna love yeah. it getting to play with that. That guy's locked up now for mm-hmm. good. He's gonna make you look great, and you're gonna get paid if not by the Chiefs, by somebody, somebody if you else, have yeah. success. Last but not least, here, Motsi. I mean, it's Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott, right? We kind of touched on this. Yeah. But did you see the picture that Deshaun Watson tweeted out no. yesterday? It's the uh, it's like <laughs> the famous like, meme picture of the smiling yeah. baby. <laughs> because Deshaun Watson knows he's about to get paid. Dak Prescott knows they're about to get paid. And I think this might confuse some people, Motsi, and you could touch on this. Some people might be looking at this and saying, well, what do you mean that those guys are happy? They're not going to get as much money as Mahomes. But that's not what this means. They know they're not going to get as much money as Mahomes but they're going to get close. This it resets the, the market. It, it them, resets man. the market. And what, what we mean by that, because we've said that a few times, I think kind of just in layman's terms, it increases the floor. Yes. Right? So if if this guy's getting paid X, well, all of a sudden, all right, well, and, and you know, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are getting paid this. Well, I'm somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. That raises your floor. Guys like Deshaun Watson, obviously Dak Prescott. You'd love to see it. <laughs> Though they, they got to be ecstatic about this, right? Like absolutely, you love to see it, man. You love to see that. And then on the other side, right? I think the biggest loser in all of this is the Dallas Cowboys front office. Oh, without a doubt, man. I, I really do. You've but but waited, it's self inflicted. It's self inflicted. You've waited so man. long. You watch the guys from the same class as Dak get their contracts, right? You yep. watch Carson Wentz get his contract, even though he hasn't won playoff game. Game, I think game, singular, right? He hasn't yes. won a playoff game like Dak has. You watch Jared Goff get his contract, and hey, Goff took a team to the Super Bowl, but he wasn't doing what Wentz and Dak were doing in terms of his team's success. Um, now the next wave of guys are getting contracts, right? Mahomes has got his. Deshaun Watson's going to get his. Uh, Lamar Jackson got that coming down the pipeline. It's like almost like what um, the Washington Redacteds did with Kirk Cousins. Who's that again? The Washington Redacteds, you know? At least I'm on the NFL bestsellers right now. They play at, they play at oh. FedEx Field. The way, the way, they, the way that, that, that product's moving, I don't think that's their name. They, they just kicked the can down the road so long for Kirk Cousins that finally it didn't make sense to pay him the money that he was going to demand. But the difference here is that Prescott's ceiling is way higher, I, I think we can agree, um, than Kirk Cousins. And presumably the Cowboys actually, I think, want to keep him where the redacteds were never really along those lines. Motsi, this is, 
This is a uh, this is a this is a tough one for the Cowboys front office. Yeah, man, they took it right on the chin, though, man. But like I said, they brought it on themselves. So I, I I really don't feel any sorrow for them or any sympathy for them because they could have been had this. I mean, like I said, Dak was supposed to get paid two years ago, man. You supposed to pay Dak before you pay Zeke. That was just how it was supposed to go. But they <laughs> they fumbled that, and now they're stuck, and they have to you know land this this pile that they've uh, that they've made, man. But ultimately. I think, man, the 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 most happy or the guy who won the most is Deshaun Watson because yes. we know that his resume is is drastically better than a Dak Prescott. Dak is going to get paid, but if I'm Deshaun Watson, I want Dak to get paid first. Yeah, I, I want to get more man. than that. Yeah, guy. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I know he's going to be fighting to, to get every dollar he yep. can get. So you know, you get if your I'm Lamar deal Jackson, first. And I want Dak to get paid first. If I'm Lamar, I want Dak and Deshaun to get paid first because. They- Cause now I'm hitting them with the Deshaun don't got no MVP. Uh-uh. I got one of them. Straight like that, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that's just my thought process with it, man. You never want to be the first to get paid unless you have the mega, mega deal like how Mahomes has. But other than that, man, you want to wait, get a couple other guys in there, and now you hit. Now you're striking. Then you know, you can go ahead and break the bank yourself and you feel good about it. What about Chris Jones? We've talked about him a little bit. Um for him personally. Mm-hmm. Now, this obviously affects his long-term future with the Chiefs, but do you think for him personally there's a real positive or negative from this? I mean, if he goes out there on the franchise tag right this season and has a big year, he's going to get a big contract regardless, even if it's not in Kansas City. Well, he did say that he talked to Le'Veon Bell, and he's strongly Mm -hmm. uh, leaning towards not playing on the franchise tag. So for me, man, I think for for Chris – I mean, I can see both sides. I can see the purpose of him playing under the tag. I can see him sitting out as well, man. But I think just seeing Mahomes do, it clarifies to him that they're not going to do something long-term with him to the level that he wants. Yes. I think he said he wants 20 a year, and the tag is going to get him 16 Close. or something like that. in that neighborhood. Yeah, so that's the only thing, man. When I, when I see that, I, just, I think it clarifies that, hey, you're not going to be here long-term. So if you know you're not going to be there long-term – you can make the case to go ahead and play under the franchise tag. Just go ahead and get that one-year cash and then go. But then the flip side is you run the risk of, hey, if you have a bad year or you, or you get hurt, you could hurt your market in a big mm-hmm. way. And regardless of if you sit out, your market's still going to be what it is. Right. It's not as if – I mean, even with Le'Veon, we talked – I mean, people will, will debate you back and forth. Well, he, he took less over more money. Yeah. But from a guaranteed money standpoint, he got way more in guaranteed money to go to the Jets. So it depends on what you're looking for the most. If you the want guaranteed, guaranteed money, if just you want, the overall dollar right, number. Like all of that plays into it because you can get a high dollar amount, low guarantee, and that still doesn't benefit you. Or you can have a, a low dollar amount, but if you have way more in guaranteed money, then you're technically winning out even Maybe more like because... The, like the Kirk Cousins do. Yeah, absolutely. All fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed on a three-year million deal. Dollars. Right, so you see these guys signing for 100 plus, but only 50 is guaranteed. They're only 20 yeah, or 30 that, that's guaranteed. not winning, right? Right, they can cut you after a year or two. Absolutely, and, and, and now you you're nothing. stuck. So I think that's the thing that if you're Chris Jones, you got to start deciding now in terms of, alright, do I just take this one year, get that money, run the risk, and then go hit the market? Or do I play it safe, say, you know what, I'll sit out, 
and then go hit the market that, that next year. But either way, he's going to be fine from a financial standpoint. It just depends on which road he wants to take. Right. We've seen guys do it in the past. I mean, like I said, Le'Veon, he, his is most talked about because he set out the whole season. But remember, guys like Cam Chancellor, even though he wasn't under the franchise tag, he still set out, I think it was two games at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. to get the deal that he wanted. I mean, we've seen multiple people do this and be successful off of that. So, it's no right or wrong answer. It's more so just what do you think is the most effective way and the way that you're most comfortable with going forward. Last one as it relates to this Mahomes contract that I want to ask you, Motsi. There were a lot of people that were hoping his contract wouldn't just be a flat, you know, okay, it's this many years and this many dollars. Mm -hmm. That instead it would be kind of that new wave that's been thrown out there of tying a quarterback's salary to the percentage of the salary cap mm, right where yeah. say for you know for the next 10 years we're going to pay Patrick Mahomes 18 percent 18 and a half percent of our cap. of the cap so if it goes up like crazy he gets money like crazy but if it goes down if it doesn't go up like crazy it protects us more so right and being yeah. able to build a roster I don't like that though I, I was gonna I'm say, a play I don't like that it, it, from yeah if, if you're a player right that's probably something that you that's that you want to stay that's, away that's from too team friendly for me yeah because yeah, like you said, man, you now you're you're essentially tying your money to the market, tying your money to the stock market. Essentially, man, that, that's not cool. I mean, you think the cap? We talked about how the cap could potentially be hit because of the COVID crisis. Who knows when something like this could happen again? I, I, I'm not a fan of that at all, man. Or you you think the deal is gonna? I mean, we talked about this year. We thought the cap. We knew the cap was gonna increase, but it didn't increase as much as we thought it would increase. I don't like that. I, I want to know how much I'm getting, baby. <laughs> don't don't play no games with me. If I'm supposed to get 45, I want 45. Don't yep. don't hit me with the oh, it's 45 this year, 41 next year, 46 the year after that. Nah, nah, I don't like that fluctuation, baby. <laughs> I need to know. Let me plan ahead. <laughs> oh man, what say you about all this Patrick Mahomes happenings? 500 million big ones. Oh, so you're just gonna leave out the three? 503 million. Yeah, but big I say yeah, put some respect on the three. And that three's going to Uncle Sam anyway. Hey, man, it's still three. It's true. It, gotta, all, it all counts, right? It all counts. It all counts. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. When we come back here, I want to have a uh, conversation with Arthur Motes about locker room leadership and the different ways that that manifests itself. Hmm. Get a little, little thought-provoking topic for you on the other side. So get in on the conversation. Keep rocking with us here on SNR. It's Euler and Motes. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here on a Tuesday, the day after Patrick Mahomes breaks the bank. We'll get into some of those tweets here in the second hour, as we always do. Yin's already know that drill come on baby but Arthur Motes kind of wrapping up the last of the um I don't know the things that I wanted to talk about as it relates to Patrick Mahomes um this morning right the reaction everywhere it didn't matter if you're watching the NFL Network ESPN NBC Sports what a Fox Sports whatever it was this is the topic du jour today Patrick Mahomes contract extension and all the questions that come with it one of the things um, that Marcus Spears was talking about this morning on, I can't remember if it was Get Up or First Take, one of those ESPN morning shows, was that 
um, the expectations now that with this, right, with being the quarterback and the new face of the NFL and an MVP and a Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP and this huge contract, that now maybe there's going to be more of an onus on Patrick Mahomes to become a real leader, right, within the Chiefs organization, within Kansas City, to be that guy in the community, to be, you know, the guy that when things don't go well, comes out and stands in front of the media and says, you know, ah, well, I didn't do this right. We should have done this better. I could have been better. You know, the one that right. not only gets all the credit when things are good, but the guy that also, you know, gets, gets you know, faces the music, if you will, when, when things don't go according to plan. And that got me to thinking because I feel like we've had this conversation in Pittsburgh a few times, you know, over Sidney Crosby's 14, 15 years here in Pittsburgh what the demeanor of leadership looks like. And I got to thinking about that, right? Because I've always said with Crosby in that regard, leading by action is quite often the best way to lead, right? When Sidney Crosby is the best player on the team and he's the first one there for practice and workouts, right? When he's the best player in the world and he's the one who's working harder than anybody else, that sets a standard within the organization. But I think there's also certainly something to be said for the guy that is kind of the emotional leader of the group, right? You've heard that a lot about Matt Cullen with the Penguins. Um, you know, I think Ray Lewis was always a very emotional leader. Mm -hmm. He's always the one, the, the, kind of the first guy who comes to mind. You think of some of those, you know, the Tim Tebow clips of his time at Florida where he's grabbing Pouncey in the locker room, you know, and screaming and yelling at everybody. You would never see another Tim Tebow out of me. You would never see another guy of me. So there's a lot of different kinds of leadership, right? There's there's the silent, strong, lead by example leadership. There's the um, the emotional, maybe the more uh, vocal, more loud leadership. That got me to thinking about the Steelers, right? And I just wanted to get your opinion on this because I know you've had, you've been around, you've been experienced with kind of two guys that fit the bill in this discussion, right? Right. On one hand, you had Troy Polamalu, who was a leader of that defense, but did it in a a very humble, a very kind of quiet way, right? Yeah, he was talking to guys. Yeah, he was speaking, but he wasn't screaming and yelling. He wasn't getting in guys' faces. He wasn't the one who was, you know, uh, giving rah-rah post-game speeches to the media. But you also were very familiar with a guy, Joey Porter, who was vocal, who My was dog. who was emotional, who was very in your face when it came to a lot of stuff like that. So I just wanted to get your opinion. I think we could both agree, or you could tell me if I'm wrong, that both of those leadership styles are effective and have their benefits. Um, do you maybe need both of those? Do you need a, an emotional, a vocal guy in the locker room and a lead-by-example guy in the locker room? I just wanted to get your opinion on that. As obviously a guy who spent a decade at, with, with three different organizations mm -hmm. in locker rooms in the NFL. Are you a fan of the, the emotional, the loud leadership? Are you more of a fan of the go-about-your-business-and-lead-by-example? Or is it maybe you need a little bit of both at times? Uh, from my personal experiences, I, I would say you need both. I was... Uh, especially like early in my collegiate days, having to be the leader, I was not the vocal guy. I don't want to talk a lot. I just want to get out there and work. But the problem is, you, some guys need the verbal motivation. The, <laughs> the the verbal motivation. Some guys need you to chirp at them. Some guys need that rah rah speech. I mean, you, you why you think pregame speeches became so famous? Because people need to get hyped. They need the pep talk. Whereas guys like me, I never needed a pep talk. So for me, a lot of times. I, yeah, all right, I'm gonna come clean. Sometimes I wasn't even listening to his pep talk, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> you were just playing I'm that not Beethoven music. I'm like, you, you can say what you want to say right now. Like, you, you just killing time, baby. I don't need that. But 
I think, like I said, it, it both serves a purpose because even in my time in Buffalo, we had guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick who were were leaders, but they weren't going to be as vocal. But then you get a guy like Sean Merriman hmm. who's in your face, think Ray Lewis, the way, I mean, this dude about to kill himself and warm up just trying to talk and get everybody so hyped. You're like, bro, you need an IV just off all this talking you done there right now, bro. Here. Like, you yeah. have an aneurysm here in warm but, but that's how some people <laughs> operate. And, some, and guys feed off of the energy, though. Sure. So there are guys that will feed off of that energy. But then, like you said, you have the guys who are more reserved and really don't need the pep we're, we're just like hey man i, I, I look at it like a, a trained assassin like you know i don't need the hype i'm not about to be frontline and go give you the the dummy mission no i'm strategic i know exactly what i'm here to do i've trained for this like i'm ready to go so i think it just depends on the person or the, the specific individual but when you're talking about team sports because you have so many different dynamics so many different personalities, so many different ways that guys are motivated. You can't have a guy like Troy being the only leader on the team because for the guys that need that talk, he's not giving you that. But then you can't have guys solely like Peasy as your leader either who's in your face, who riding it and, and F this and we need that and that person is that. And, 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 you know what I mean? Like, Because then some people are going to say, man, that's too much. And, and, there and you can are tune people, that out at right, times. Because for me, yeah. I, I tended to tune that out. But, like I said, I was still fortunate enough that I was able to lock in and I didn't need that. Where, like I said, it was other guys who, for a fact, they needed that. It was times during the game they needed that. And that's why I would say with Coach Tom, the reason I had so much respect for him is he understood that dynamic and hmm. how to balance it. Some guys he just talks to. Then you got some guys where he's in their face like, come on, man, beating on his chest. Like, yeah, so you just – it's different dynamics, and especially at different stages of games, different people need certain things to get them motivated, or they just need certain things to keep them going at the pace that they're Refocus. going. Refocus. Right. And I think that's why you, you can't just have it all one or all the other. And for the guys that talk about Ray Lewis as if he was the only leader, I mean, you think about one of them Ravens teams – you think Joe Flacco was the guy out there chopping and talking and talking and talking? No, but he was still the leader of that offense. And even when Ray Lewis was on the decline and he wasn't producing at the same level, he still needed to motivate those guys verbally. But you couldn't look to Ray and be like, oh, yeah, Ray's going to be the first guy on this tackle. Ray's going to be the first guy on this sprint. <laughs> no, Ray, Ray was, oh, you know what I mean? Like, that wasn't Ray anymore. But each person has their method. They and had like Suggs a, and they right. had Reed. They had other voices Absolutely. in that locker room. So, so I think you have to have that mix, that blend. To, to ultimately be the, the, the team that you want to be. And like you said, even with the Pens, for example, mm -hmm. you got kid, Sid, the kid who's extremely quiet, but he's going to show you with just work ethic, just showing up on time, being that guy. And that does help. But like you said, you still need the other side where you got a guy that's willing to talk, willing to get in your face, willing to call people out and say, hey, look, man, we got to do better. We got to hold ourselves accountable. because if That no, effort wasn't good right, enough. Because if nobody is willing to step up and say that, then the people will think that it's okay. The people will think that, hey, man, the effort that I've been giving is just fine. We're losing. Oh, man, I don't know what it's from. Whatever. Nobody Some, else cares. Right, sometimes you need somebody to step up and say something so you can know who cares and know that this isn't acceptable and know that our standard is higher than what you're currently giving out right now. And just uh, just accountability, right, yeah. from, a, from a team standpoint. And that's where I think, too, the, the more lead-by-action guys, right, the Troy Palomalus, the Sidney Crosbys, in the rare times when those guys do speak up then, man, it means even more. Oh, yeah. It's got, like, such a ripple. I, I don't know if you've heard this story, but a lot of the, you know, the young guys on the Penguins, mm -hmm. they talk about in 2016 against the Sharks, that first of the back-to-backs. Yeah. They were in San Jose getting ready to go out for game six, and Crosby's never the one to speak in the locker room before yeah. the game, and he stands up, and right at this point, 
it was like Sid Malkin and Latang that had mm-hmm. Stanley Cup rings. The rest of those guys, right? Yeah. There was Nick Boninos and Phil Kessels and Connor Sheary's and Brian, a lot of young, a lot of uh, non-Stanley Cup pedigree guys. Correct. And they said that Crosby stood up and was like, you don't understand this opportunity we have right here. We had a chance to win game five. They, they, they forced a game six. We don't want them to force a game seven. Like, mm-hmm. we have to end this here tonight. Visualize yourself doing it. See yourself lifting that Stanley yeah. Cup tonight and the effort that it's going to take to do so. And like Brian Russ said, like, all of us young guys in the locker room, like, we looked around at each other. Like, we all had goosebumps. Like, we yeah. were ready to run through a wall because Sid never talks. And here he is getting up and kind of – holding us accountable before, like, letting us know how big this moment is. Yeah, well, similar similar story, man. Not in a, a, a not even in a big game like that, but my first year here in 2014, we're playing against the Eagles in the preseason. We're stinking it up. I'm talking just bad. So, LeBeau, obviously, he's frustrated. But Troy, like I said, Troy never gets worked up. Troy never is the one to get vocal. Particularly in a talk. preseason game. In a preseason game. I'm talking, man, we come off the field. We're not even at halftime yet. And like I said, we were playing just terrible. Man, Troy's throwing the helmet, flipping out. Just, man, this the Steelers, like this legacy and going on and on about what it means to be a Steeler and to play defense here and all these other things. And you're just like, bro, I, like this man was in tears ready to kill somebody. I'm like, bro, this is a preseason game. But you could just see like how passionate he was and how it wasn't up to par. It wasn't up to the level that he felt and, and that we all agreed that we could be playing up to. Right. And just hearing him, that did carry you over into the season. Right. But it, yeah, absolutely. But if he never says that, then we're all just like, all right, we know it's not going our way. But you, you want to find excuses? Well, it's because we're on the road, man. It's a preseason game, man. It's not that serious, man. You know my cleats. I, I, I probably should have the other cleats. You know, what I mean, it, it could have been all right. Oh man, I'm not even trying today. That's what it is, you know. Like you come with all these excuses, but when somebody brings it up to you like that, you have to chew on it. You have to say, you know what, man, this isn't looking the up, mirror. Right, right. This isn't good enough. We do got to step up and things like that, man. But like you said, if Troy never says that, we don't never get fired up about that, and ultimately we don't never have the success that we ended up having. Because remember, they were coming off of two eight and eight seasons going into that 14 year, and that was the thing that he was hitting on. Like, man, we've done this in the past, and you saw what it's gotten us. And it started now. It started in the preseason, and it carried over into the regular season. And he's like, bro, if we want to make it to the playoffs, like we cannot operate like this. We have to start taking every snap and holding ourselves accountable now. And like I said, he, he, that was the nice version of it. <laughs> sure, sure. Anybody that's seen Trail on Game Day knows it's a totally different guy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And that's a great story. And obviously, right, in a moment like that, if it comes from a guy who's yelling at you all the time, it's easier to tune him out. Absolutely. When it's coming from Troy Palomalu and you never see him like that, really. Yeah. Well, like you said, for for the guys who talk all the attention. time, so like a guy like Cam Hayward or even a Brett Kiesel at the time, they were always going to be vocal, always going to be letting you know like, yo, we got to step up, we got to do this. And like you said, when you're hearing it from the same people over and over, it is times where you're like, well, you know what, man, I'm tired of hearing this from this dude, man. Like, I'm about to just ignore this time yeah, right here. Sure. But and like you said, there's certain guys when the they same speak. message over and over again. Right, but when there's certain guys that they usually don't talk, but you respect their game and they come and talk, you're like, okay, this is different now. So, I mean, like I said, you need them all, though, because sure. there were plenty of times, even from a practice standpoint, you don't want to have the energy out there, and Kiesel comes out and says something crazy, or Cam comes out there, and he's getting people fired up, and you're like, all right, and then you turn a, a regular practice into a great practice because of that. So, like I said, you need them all. I, I just don't think it's one right or wrong answer in terms of the style of leadership. I think every great leader, regardless of if they were super vocal, they had somebody that wasn't as vocal. And for the guys that aren't as vocal, they have somebody that is vocal, so that way you can all balance it out. Everything's perfectly balanced, right? Hey, man, that's the Thanos way. (laughs) 
like all things in life should be. Mm-hmm. 60 minutes in the books. 60 minutes to go. On the other side, we'll get to your tweets, so get them in. At Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm thirsty. Well, that's good. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here. Hour number two inside the electric factory. Arthur Motes is thirsty for those tweets, all right? So get them in now while you can. Nothing makes the dopamine fire in Arthur Motes' <laughs> brain. He's never as happy as when those tweets are coming in. When, so, when it's tweet time, I'm like, hey, so there we go. Don't let Arthur Motes down, all right? My, my, my wife always jokes about that, Motesy, that like, I'm never as happy as when I got a tweet that's blowing up, right? Uh, like when yeah. I'm getting retweets, when I got something going on, I'm grinning like a butcher's <laughs> dog. <laughs> that's funny, bro. Are there modes to start our number two here? Uh, the NFL Network, they've been doing some parsing through, right? Again, we are in this, what have we been calling it? This sports content gold rush, right? Isn't that what we've decided to call but it? But we're content creators. We are content creators. Mm-hmm. It's like every day, right, you got to come up with some different type of a list because lists are all we got left. Hey, man, lists, lists are timeless. Lists are timeless. You, you want to go this generation, bank. last generation. There's no wrong past answer. Past two years, next year. It's all opinion-based. Yeah. So with And it this, gets the people going. And it does get the people going. And some of these things have gotten us going. The NFL Network and NFL.com, they've been deciding, all right, you hear this debate a lot, right? Like, who's running back you in college football? Who's DBU, right? Mm-hmm. These schools argue about this. Who produces the best defensive backs? Who produces the best wide receivers, right? So, Arthur Motes, let's talk about it. Let's start mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the football. All finally. Right? Because finally. I know that's where you want to start. With Even the... though when we talked about this, you instantly went to quarterbacks. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Well, yeah, because like, everybody what, everybody, what everybody wants to talk about the prom king. No, they don't. Everybody wants to talk about no, the prom king. They want to talk about they got to beat we'll up talk, the prom king. We'll that's what they want to talk about. Because I, I got some beef with the quarterback they, list They want to talk about they got to beat up the, quarter, the, the, the prom king. That's no, right. Yeah. The guys who get to hit the prom kings. Yeah. We show, up, we show up to the dance with leather jackets on. Defensive lineman Arthur Motes. And I think it's important to note here, right, that these are like true yeah, hand-in-the-dirt yeah, defensive linemen. Not, not edge rushers, not outside Correct. linebackers. Correct. Hand in the ground, 4-3, yes. interior D linemen, yes. DNs. Yeah. Hand in the ground. Dang, Arthur Motes. Some of my boys up here too, man. I'm looking on these lists. They say number one is LSU, and that surprised me. I thought that – uh. Ohio State would be number one on this list. They're number five. Number one is LSU. They've got some big names, right? Marcus Spears, Glenn Dorsey, Cal Williams. There it is. Shout out to my dog Hunter. Right. I mean, there's some there's some big names on this list. Arthur Motes, LSU number one, Alabama number two, right? Marcel Darius. Okay, former. uh, My dog. My dog. Jonathan Allen. Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams. A lot of young guys Tomo, on Terrence this list. Terrence Mount Cody. I remember him. Deshaun Hand is on this list. Ooh, Mark Anderson. Oh, Our very own of this parish, Isaiah Bugs, is on this yo. list. Then you go to USC, number three, Leonard Williams. Jarrell mm. oh, Casey. Jarell Casey. Oh, that's Everson my dog. Griffin. Kyle Moore. I'm saying, I'm saying all my little former little homies. Number- Frosty Rucker. He, he, ball. he, well, he, he used to be good. 
Number four, I wonder how back they went on this list because they have Texas listed and they have Casey Hampton at the top of this yeah, list. Casey and Sean, Sean Rogers, Lamar, Lamar Houston. Well, see, this is my thing with Lamar mm. Houston. Are you do you classify him as a true hand in the ground guy or are you? A, I, I looked at him as a three four outside edge yeah, rusher. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So I, too. I was a little surprised by his name being four. I think they needed to put him on this with Texas to have Texas in the conversation because otherwise they don't have enough. Correct. And I still don't. This is why this all bothers me that Ohio State is number five with Joey yeah. Bosa, Nick Bosa, Cam Hayward, Ryan Pickett, Will Shoot. Smith, Jonathan Hankins. I was to say, dude, they have Sam Hubbard. We haven't even talked wow. about Chase Young yet. I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here, Mozi? How is Ohio State wow. five? They yeah, got to be. I, I don't get that. At, one at all. At, 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 the top three to me has to be LSU, Alabama, Ohio State. Yes. In whatever order you want to put them, okay, fine. But, I mean, there's some really good guys from Florida here, too, obviously. Clemson's got some dogs. Shout Tennessee. out to Georgia's list. My Georgia. dog Stroud. Hey, man. That was my OG, man, when I first got in the league, man. He, he showed me the ropes. Mm-hmm. Never Richard seen a man Seymour that big out of with Georgia. a off. Geno Atkins. We are, of course, familiar with him here in the AFC North. Charles Johnson. <sighs> yeah. They got some good ones. They got Where some my good dog ones. Where's Jarvis at? Where's <laughs> Well, he's an oh, edge, edge, guy. edge so right. He's, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're he'll, be right. On the list. he'll be on the list tomorrow you're when we right, talk about right. linebackers. Uh, Arthur Motes, who are you going with here is, is the top dog. Who is defensive line you as it stands right now? Man. I'm going Ohio State. You, you, you just like Ohio State. That's why. Would you stop it? I'm a roll tight guy, man, so I'm going Alabama. I think those are the two answers. Yeah. I, I do. LSU's had a lot of high pedigree guys, but they don't have the, the same, Darius yeah. or the Bosa or the Hayward. I think, but I think the thing is with Ohio State, the guys listed up here that you're naming in terms of the Bosa brothers, I still don't classify them as your traditional 4-3 hand-in-the-ground guys. They still come off as more of the edge rushers to me. Hmm. So that's why it's kind of hard to compare them, whereas when I'm looking at Bama, Bama is filled with interior defensive line dogs. True. Like, they, they are interior heavy, whereas with Ohio State, they're going to have the edge guys, the, the the more glamorous or sexy picks in this. I mean, you think about the, the only interior guys we're really going to talk about is Cam Hayward, Will Smith. Those are the – I mean, because even Sam Hubbard is still more of a, a right. edge that, guy. That's true, especially I mean, now but now since they've switched, switched, to the yeah. switched their defense. Hmm. Interesting. Like, when Arthur I think of Bama, though, like, Marcel Derry, that's a true interior D lineman. Quentin Williams, true interior D lineman. Like, man. Mm. Mark Anderson, though, he's a he's an edge guy, but he was never a stand-up guy. He was definitely a hand in the ground. But he got a double-digit year in New England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Wallace Gilberry. Jeez. Who's quarterback you, Arthur Motes? Why is guy see you want to go quarterbacks all the time? Nobody care about quarterbacks. I don't really like no quarterbacks. Everybody cares about quarterbacks. Not me. I can't This stand list is crap. They got USC number one. All right. Mark Sanchez, Carson Palmer, Sam Darnold, Matt Leinert, Matt Castle. I'm just reading a bunch, a whole bunch of mediocrity, 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 Matt Barkley, hey. John David Booty. I- I'm ready to hear who you have ahead of that because even with that's a, a lot of average names, but that's still a lot of names. It is a lot of names. Oklahoma's got a lot of names too. Bradford, a lot of young names now. Kyler right. Murray, Baker Mayfield, our our buddy Landry Jones, Jalen Hurts. Although does he belong to Alabama or Oklahoma? No, wherever you graduated from, that's where you roll with, man. Are the most this this list of quarterbacks? So you would you put Oklahoma in front of USC? 
Not, not a chance. Not right now, but I bet you in the next year or two. But, absolutely. But, but, but we're but talking right about now. right now. Yes, you're right. We're right saying now. from right now, based on full body of work, as it stands right now, Florida State can't be ahead of them. So Florida State's best guy is James. Here's where I wonder. How okay. do you how do you kind of parse through the top of the guy versus the whole talent pool, right? Because okay. what Michigan's not on this list. Yeah. But Tom Brady, Chad Henney. Keep going. Elvis Kurtback. Stop it. Brian Greasy. Stop it. <laughs> so I think for me, when, when I Drew look Drew Henson. At, Don't like, forget about Drew Henson, this baby. Is, this is my thing. Like, you have Ryan to— Ryan Mallett. Where's Michigan on this list? You can have a name. You have to have a big name, I think, or, or somebody that's had a lot of success, a la Carson Palmer. But after that, you got to have a lot of long— I mean, Sam Donald is, is a part of the new wave, mm-hmm. and you could debate— when you're talking about the the Oklahomas, you could debate that he's better than Baker Mayfield, better than Landry Jones, Kyle, uh, uh, Jalen Hurst. We don't know anything yet. Kyler Murray had a really good first year, but we don't but know going one forward, year. right? Yeah. But then when you look at Matt Liner, Matt Liner started in this league for multiple years. Matt Castle has a, a, an 11 and five season in New England, and then started in Kansas City for some years. Cody Kessler, I mean, even though he was average at best, he still got some time. Matt Barkley has some time. John David Booty is probably the the least established <laughs> of them all. Booty. Yeah. What about NC State at ten? You and I argued about this. But, I think NC State, as it stands right now, I would probably have because I know you don't consider Russell Wilson NC State. He's but not. He's I a do. Wisconsin guy. He's Where did been, he graduate from? He's well, NC State, and then he no. got his, and then he did post grad. His Wisconsin. last his last season of playing. Where was he at? Wisconsin. Right. So he's a Wisconsin guy. Is that simple? He's got a degree from NC State. Too. He's a Wisconsin guy. Four years at NC State. It doesn't one matter. Year at Wisconsin. It does matter. No, no, because that's the case. What about the guys that went to a JUCO and then went to a community college and then spent one year at this right. place? Did those guys spend four years at that JUCO like Bro, Russell Wilson? Okay. At NC so, State? so my thing is this though. You can go down the list of every player that has started at one place and transferred somebody else. That's not how it works. Wherever they leave from, that's the team that they represent. But that's how it is. But he didn't transfer to leave the program. He went as a grad. He graduated from NC matter. State and still had a year of eligibility. So if he, if that's the case, he should have left from NC State to go to the league. Hmm, maybe. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out as well it, for it, him. It wouldn't have. So he's a Wisconsin guy, man. Uh, you, the you same did, way Jalen Hurts. Ten lover. So if that's the case, then why is Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma? I mean, he transferred to Oklahoma. Well, right, what, because he only spent so, one year at so, Texas Tech. He not still three. so he, he still transferred. He, he was so, a three year so, starter. Like he transferred. Russell Wilson so, was a three year so, starter at NC if State. You, no, if wherever you transfer, wherever you end it, that's where your school is. Cam Newton. If that's about, Cam Newton. How, how many years Cam Newton spent at Auburn? One. How many years he spent uh, in Florida? Well, two at Auburn. He oh only started for one God. year. Because okay, he, okay. he had to sit out that he transfer sit, year. Come so on. If you're sitting out, that doesn't count. But he never – Cam Newton never started a game at Florida. So he still was there, right? Russell Wilson started three bro, years it in doesn't State. matter, it man. It does matter. You're it wrong. It does not I'm matter, right, bro. You're wrong. What so, about Cal? What about Cal? How are they so low on this list? Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff alone should have them higher than – And then you got Kyle Bowler and Davis Webb. Okay, but let's look at let, let's look at Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff compared to Florida State. Jameis Winston and Christian Ponder, right? Oklahoma, Whoa, Sam Bradford and Kyler Murray. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute now. EJ Manuel still has, what, two years, three years of starting in Buffalo. Oh, stop. Chris Winkie as well. well. We're comparing that to Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably one of the top two, three quarterbacks uh, okay. of this generation with a Super Bowl ring, okay. and Jared Goff, who's been to a Super Bowl. Jared, Jared Goff got carried, but it's cool. It doesn't – oh, right, and EJ Manuel was doing a lot of a lot of carrying offenses. Hey, all I'm saying is I would take Jameis Winston over Jared Goff. Yeah. I probably would, too. Oh, well, what are we saying okay. here? Okay, well, well, then what you're saying is you would rather you take Christian Ponder over Aaron Rodgers. No, but I would take Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Chris Winkie over Kyle Bowler and Davis Webb. 
Man, you on that good good. I, nah, I need man. I need your plug. Nah, I man. need your plug. Nah. You're you on one nah. today. You're on one today. Tom some cow. Get out of here, cow. I'll put Stamper in front of cow. Give me Andrew Luck and Trent Edwards. Oh, Chad God. Hutchinson. Give, give me oh, them guys. Hey, what? Cow. Your disrespect for Aaron. Your disrespect for cow. Aaron Rodgers while you're talking what? about you're talking about Carson Palmer as a Carson Palmer, what did cow? he what did he do that Jared Goff has never done? Wow, bro. Oh, oh exactly. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say exactly. it again. Say it again. Say it again. With Carson Palmer. That Jared versus Goff has never done. Carson Palmer's been a far better player, has a far better career than Jared Goff. It's not even close. Does Are he? we serious? Does he? Absolutely. Are you sure? Best seasons. You look it up. It's not even close. And he did without, and he did without his coach telling him where to throw the ball. Oh, so oh. now you're bringing the coaches. I thought oh. we were talking about quarterback no, no, no. here. Now you're bringing I, I, the coaches I'm saying this, this, though. For Jared Goff, Jared Goff has somebody holding his hand. Hey, hey, Jared Goff. How do you hey, know? Hey, hey, because I heard it. <laughs> what do you mean? How do I know? Hey, Jared Goff. Hey, line up right here. Look to the hey. right. You're going to throw it to him. It's going to be wide open. Hey. <laughs> I've heard it. What do you mean? Hey. I, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> what I, are we talking I heard, about here? I heard, I heard Mark Sanchez had somebody holding his yeah, hand. All right. <laughs> I really can't. You went Trent Edwards. You want to talk about Trent Edwards <laughs> and EJ Manuel. If, if, if we're talking Cal, I, I'd rather, oh. I would take Cal off and put Michigan on if we go on that route. This is the most fun debate we've had in a long <laughs> time here this put, is good put, put michigan on take cal off man because brady's bearing aaron, aaron Rodgers, and, okay. then, and then you give me you said cal bowler right i'll take you Bo- take him over i'll jared take goff? bowler over jared goff yeah why not i think cal and michigan should both be top five i think it's a joke that they're outside the top five well you know even what if you i'm taking you, fresno down fresno has yeah, to go down I, and, i'm not a car guy and Mo, either car. even if you don't okay fine even if you don't give russell wilson to nc state how is philip rivers mike glennon jacoby Brissett still not higher than penn no you're absolutely right though man. right you're absolutely right, right. I mean, well i'm even looking at oregon and i'm like okay Mariota, yeah, Harrington? but I'm like Harrington. Mariota? I'm like Harrington. We saw him in Detroit. It was trash. That, that's the longevity for the sake of longevity. Like, it is. Who, who it cares? is. But that's what I like because they have these numbers associated with the list, and I need to know how do they factor in because yeah. it's a mix of like your top end talent with longevity. These guys were long, like had long careers at some bum places, man. Mm-hmm. That's how kind of like the Fresno, the yeah. Fresno, the Derek Carr, and the David Carr. I'm, and like, the yeah, they, I'm like, yeah, they got a lot of uh, a lot of years, but they they been on some terrible they teams. Got, they got Auburn at six because of Jason Campbell, because of, because yeah. of what all those seven and nine in seasons Washington. that he had. Oh in Washington. my gosh! <laughs> so it is. You're yeah, right. It's funny this, how they this, kind this of is weird, bro. how they rank this. Uh, let's take a break here. You want to do? Let's do running backs and wide receivers. I on mean, the because other side. let's be real. Would you just thinking about Cam Newton and Jason Campbell, Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff? I'm taking Aaron Rodgers and Jared. I think Jared Goff's career is better than Jason Campbell's right now. 100%. <laughs> like this, He's this, been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> He's been to the playoffs twice. Oh, man. And you got Jared Steedham, who, who hasn't even started it down yet. Put together, Chase Goodbread put together this list of quarterbacks oh, for, for the NFL Network. Who Chase, is Chase you're Goodbread? Wilder, bro. More like Chase Stalebread, am I right? Chase, you're terrible, man. Oh, the NC State is better than Texas. Yes. Phillip Rivers over Vince Young. Mike Glennon over Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah, Jacoby Brissett definitely over. Come on, bro. And even Ryan Finley. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? This Put is some trash. respect on NC State's name. This, this is like, trash, man. This is trash. We'll see if, we'll see if running backs. <laughs> the more I look at it, the worse it gets. Like, what is see, going on here? is outraged like I am. What is What's this list, man? Here? What is going on here? <laughs> This is trash. We'll see, we'll see if running backs and wide receivers get us as fired up on the other side. Having some fun, having some laughs here on a Tuesday inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. 
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Pipeline to the pros. Who's got the best at each position in the collegiate ranks? That's what we're debating today. Uh, If you've missed any of the show so far, obviously you know the drill. You can find us in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. Steelers Blitz. That's Blitz with a Z. It's uploaded there daily, commercial-free, and on-demand, baby. It's like Netflix, but you ain't got to pay for it. Arthur Motes, top 10 colleges at producing running backs. Now, this one's tough because there's some really good schools on this list, some really talented running backs. And then it's crazy. Like When I think of some of these names, I think of them from the collegiate level. Yes, like when we talk about Wisconsin, for example, Ron Dane, Ron Dane. was one of the best backs <laughs> I've ever a seen. Beast. Like, what? He won the Heisman, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. You think about Monty Monty, Monty Ball mm-hmm. at Wisconsin. You think about Jonathan Taylor, like in Beanie college. Wells at Ohio State. Dude, this is yeah, this is different. Thinking, of, I'm thinking about Leonard Fournette at LSU. I'm thinking about Lashawn McCoy at Pitt. <sighs> yeah, let's not talk about that. What think about, about Dion Lewis at Pitt. What about Cadillac Williams and Ronnie oh, Brown? Oh yeah, I, were you a Cadillac guy? Or were you a Ronnie a guy? Well, I was a Cadillac guy. I was obviously. a Cadillac guy also, man. But I, I mean, I liked both. I didn't discriminate. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie though. I'm a little upset that USC isn't up here. Yeah, where's OJ uh, Simpson on this list? Wait a second. What happened? No, 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 no. Where, where is the greatest guy that you ever see play college football? The human highlight film. Reggae Bush. Yeah. He, yeah, and not uh, to mention Lendell White was pretty good, too. Absolutely. Pretty good, Just too. off the strength of them two alone, they should be up here somewhere. You're right. Uh, Pitt is number 10 on the list, and, and as much as I dislike those guys, I honestly would argue they should be a few spots higher. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is a borderline Hall of Fame guy at the NFL level. James at the collegiate level was a beast. James Conner. Uh, you mentioned Deion Lewis, who's been a long, productive pro mm-hmm. for a long time. LaRod Stevens-Halling. Hey, did he had eat y'all nice... up, too? Deion Lewis, did he eat y'all at West Virginia? Um, no, he did not. Okay. I believe he was. Oh, well, now you got to see because, you know, my favorite stat to pull out about Larry Fitzgerald, Darrell Revis mm-hmm. and uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, they, was, they, they were they Virginia. were they were yeah. well, they were combined one and six against my yeah. Mountaineers in their college careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. The years that Deion Lewis was at Pitt. And, you know, I know this stuff off the top of my head in terms of. Uh, so he was drafted in the 2011 draft. Um, so 08 Pitt beat WVU. Wait, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, 08 Pitt beat WVU and then 9, 10, 11 WVU won. So if Deion Lewis got a okay. dub against the Mountaineers, it was only when he was a freshman. Okay. His okay. last three years, he ain't get deadly squat against like my it. Mountaineers, okay. baby. Okay. Man, you would think that your Mountaineers is doing some big winning or something, man. Dang. Whatever happened to them? Hey, wait till we get to the special teams portion of this ah, list, baby. Okay, we'll no talk one cares about special teams on these lists. Hold on now. You nah. care about special teams. Nah, who cares about special teams on the list? We ain't talking special teams. <laughs> Where are you, nah. JMU Dukes, on this list, huh? Come on, man. We talk Hall of Famers. Most rings. I'm That's surprised Ohio State isn't a little bit higher on this list, too. Zeke, yeah. Carlos Hyde. They got some Those two dude. alone. Uh, Benny Wells. You're bringing uh, some other names to Rod the fold Smith. here. Wow. Rod Smith. But this one, how is Rod Smith the last name added up here, bro? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Are yeah. we going off of just how it's long ago it was or what, man? Because You, you yeah. went down memory lane with Ohio State, too, and talking about running backs and talking about Maurice Claret, Youngstown's finest right. baby. Oklahoma, AP, DeMarco Murray, Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Yeah. That was filthy. Yeah. Filthy. How about Georgia, too? Todd Gurley, no Sean Moreno, Nick Chubb. No, bro, they, no, they should be higher. They should be way higher. They should be what? above Tennessee and Auburn. Yes. 
DeAndre Swift. Miami's a great one, too. Clinton Portis, Frank oh, Gore, man. Willis McGahee, Lamar Miller. Are you kidding me? So who you going with at one? Because Bama got some Eddie Lacy, Sean Alexander, Trent Richardson. We're talking number one at the NFL level, right? That's the issue, yeah. I'm it, going Oklahoma then. Adrian Peterson, DeMarco yeah. Murray, Joe Mixon. Give me three better than that at the NFL level from the same college. Alabama, Wait maybe. a minute. See, I, I don't now, know. I'm Sean leaning Alexander's Georgia. a great one. I'm leaning Georgia because Gurley, when Gurley's healthy, when, when Gurley was healthy, Gurley is, was the – I mean, he's up there with the best of them. Nick Chubb led the league in rushing. Sonny Michelle has, uh, mm-hmm. has a ring. DeAndre Swift, obviously he's new, so we're going to see what he does. But, man, I, I even Sean was good. Even Sean was good in I the think, league. I think it's Georgia or Oklahoma if you're, if you're yeah. talking in terms of the professional the, level, the, the yeah. top tier, you know, the top three or four I feel guys. Like Oklahoma, Alabama's got the depth, certainly. Oklahoma has the, the top tier talent with AP. I think Georgia has more depth at the NFL level in terms of just talented I mean, running backs. They have four or five guys there that yeah. are every down running backs. But like, like Ty Gurley is the best from Georgia. I wouldn't put him over AP. I would not, no. So I don't that, know if I'd put any of these yeah. guys over AP. But then the rest of them, I'm like, DeMarco Murray, Nick Chubb and DeMarco Murray, I mean, right now, they both what, what? They both got one crazy season mm-hmm. and the rest has been, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to see what happens. We're going to see, yeah. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon there. absolutely is a beast. But I'm like, man, for what Joe Mixon has done career-wise – no, Sean, when he was in Denver, was still consistent with that. I wonder, too, like when they cut this off, right? Because I'm looking at the pit guys here. There's no Curtis Martin. You're right. Like, Curtis Martin. It's not like he's like yeah. O.J. Simpson and played in the but, 70s. But this is my thing, though. They don't have Curtis Martin, but they have Rod Smith with uh, Oklahoma. Like, right. I mean, Ohio State. Like, I, that's had, the same if time you frame. you had Curtis Martin to Pitt, that and all of a sudden everything. you got Curtis yeah. Martin and LaShawn McCoy at the top of that list. Woo. That changes everything. Pitt's, Pitt's top five for sure if you put Curtis Miami Martin on that with list. Najee Davenport. Oh, I know. my gosh. Remember, dude, Clinton, weren't Clinton Portis, Frank Gordon, yes, all, together. all on yes. the same team at Miami? All at the same once? time, yes. That's insane. That's just absolutely insane. Let's look at wide receivers here. Oh, man. Arthur Motes. Uh, yeah, a bunch of the similar suspects at the top of the list. LSU listed as number one. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Dwayne Bo- oh. Ooh, Michael Clayton. Man, there's some. Good Early, yeah. Ohio State's Russell got Shepard. Michael Thomas and Santonio Tom. Holmes and Ted Ginn. Oh, Braxton. Brian oh, Hartline, man. who was a nice receiver. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How are you going to have Braxton Miller as a wide receiver when that man played quarterback his whole time there? <laughs> you ain't lying. I wonder, uh-huh. is Terrell Michigan Pryor on this list? Well. Because do they have all shoelace? Yeah. Uh, they, they got, they got Terrell, as a wide receiver? Terrell Pryor as a wide receiver oh, as well. Oh, come on, Ohio man. State. Ohio State come cheating. On, bro. They're cheating. But I always forget, like, Terry McLaurin's an Ohio State guy. Paris Campbell. like bro, Oklahoma got some names too, though, bro. They do. They really do. Miami, obviously. Travis Taylor. Percy Harvin. Riley Cooper. We don't talk about him around here. Not at all. <laughs> Miami, Andre Johnson, Georgia? and Reggie Wayne. I mean, how do you get uh, – that's a tough one, too, to beat. No, no, no. Andre but I, Johnson I think, and Reggie I think, Wayne. I think Clemson is too low on this list. They're at seven. Yeah, I that's agree. too low. DeAndre yeah, Hopkins and Sammy Watkins alone should get them ahead of USC, right? Tavis. Come on, USC's bro. had a bunch of Nelson Aguilar, Robert Woods. Okay, yeah. we like Juju. Steve Smith, Marcus obviously. Yeah. Eh. You got to ask, which Steve Smith is this again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Notre Dame, too. Golden Tate, Will Fuller, Michael Floyd. Hmm. Florida State. Peter Warwick. But the, yeah, see, I Florida think Florida State, State collegially. Four or five. Peter collegially. War- Peter Warwick was so yes. dude. He was like Reggie Bush or right. Percy Harvin or Tavon Austin like Absolutely. before. But it didn't carry over to the league. It didn't carry Maybe over to the league. Same with Calvin Benjamin, dude. He was yes. so good in college. 
didn't carry over to the league. You know, you know what's funny? I got a Peter Warwick uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I got it for $7 at a thrift store like 10 years Jeez. ago. A Peter Warwick Bengals jersey. That was like a college party jersey. Miami with Santana Moss and Norris Moss. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Andre Johnson and Reggie Wayne. That's two. Those, if you're talking top two. I mean, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Devin Hester are three Hall of Famers, bro. Mm-hmm. So who do you got in terms of the top? You like Miami with those guys, or you like Clemson with, with Hopkins and Watkins? I'll probably go Miami because they're more proven. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be in that same vein, but Sammy still has some time. Tell you what, the T. Higgins ends more. up looking nice at the next yeah. level. Clemson's oh, going to skyrocket up this list. Same with um, – uh, C.D. Lamb with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They, they could skyrocket up this list, Ohio too. State, I think they need another, like, dog. They need they need a, a guy to, like, emerge. Yeah, if Terry McLaurin can yeah. can be that guy. Because Michael Thomas and Santonio Holmes are really good, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not Julio Jones. Correct. Yeah. Which is, Alabama's not even on this list, are they? Right. I, I was a little surprised by that. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, now I got a peek. Let's look at tight ends real quick before we before we go to break. Of and, course, we, you know we were going to check the tight ends. Uh, off the top of my head, it's got to be Miami, right? Yeah, yeah it's Miami. It's Jeremy deep. Shockey, Bubba Franks, Jimmy Graham. I was going to say, where's Iowa? Iowa always has a tight end, bro. Dude, they, I was going to say, they got to be up there too. But, dude, Miami, uh, just look at the Jeremy, Jeremy Shockey, Shockey, Greg Olson, uh, Jimmy Franks, Graham. Kellen Winslow, oh. and Joe Yeah. Bro. That's tight end you, bro. I, I remember Dietrich Epps. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Dude, I remember Jeremy Shockey just always yeah, torturing bro. WVU. Just torturing I mean, WVU. No, not everybody does that. Them Pip Boys don't do that. Oh, okay, my bad. What happened? Shady. Stanford, Kobe Fleener, Alex Smith. Eh, how's Stanford ahead of Iowa with what Dallas Clark? Co- what happened to Kobe Fleener? George Kittle. What, what happened to him? Hey, what did happen to him? Yeah. Austin Hooper. I always forget Austin Hooper was a stand. Zach, Zach Ertz, Ertz is a stand. Dang. All right. Never mind. Stanford's got some dogs, too. Jimmy Dre. Hey. Stanford's got some dogs, too. So does Iowa, though. Dallas Clark, George Kittle. No Tony Moyaki. Tony Moyaki was a Tony dog in Moyaki. Kansas City, bro. Yeah. They got some young boys up here, too, with no offense, uh, no mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson. And I think those guys are both yeah. going to be nice players. Scott Chandler. Wow. I remember. That's my Buffalo guy. Yep. Yep, and how about Notre Dame? Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, Anthony, Anthony Fasano was, was a good player. When, yeah. when healthy, Tyler Eifert was a beast. It was really good, yeah. Georgia, number five on this list. Benjamin Watson, Randy McMichael, Leonard Pope. Leonard Pope. <laughs> I always forget he was a Georgia guy. UCLA, Mercedes, Mercedes Lewis. Lewis. Florida should be higher on yeah. here, right? Trey Burton and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, I know we don't want to say nice things about Aaron Hernandez, but come on, Jordan Reed? What are we talking about here? How's Florida time, so time, low on, on the list? Why is Hernandez so low on his list? Are we talking collegially or professionally? He, he's got the best career all these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't end the right way, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And, I mean, Jordan Reed, it, 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 he's had his injury issues, yeah. but at his peak, he's as talented as a tight end as we've Absolutely. seen. Tennessee's only up there because of Witten. Tennessee's only up there because of Witten. Yeah, forget David that. David Martin, dang, that's my dog too. Oklahoma's got a, Jermaine Gresham, James Hanna, you know, Mark Andrews. going to be creeping up that healthy, list. man. Dude. I know. Uh, Mark Andrews, I always forget he's an Oklahoma guy too. Yeah. Oh, man. So it looks like um, for all these positions, Motsi, they went with the last 20 years except for tight end. They went the last 10 years. Got you. Which um, I guess hurt some guys, maybe from Miami, but not really. They still had Shockey. They still had. But Winslow. I wonder, like, why did they go last ten for them and not last twenty? 
I think maybe because probably because the tight end positions changed so much in the last ten years. Like was it you know was a tight end and. In '99 or 2000, mm-hmm. you know, it looks a lot different than the position does now. But it that explains why no Curtis Martin, no guys yeah. like that. Last 20 years for every and other I like position. Like you just said, we're not caring about offensive line, but you want to talk special teams. Out of control. You want to talk offensive line? Control. Let's talk offensive line. And I don't want to talk special teams, we're but I'm, because teams. there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. WVU's produced the best special teamers in NFL history. Uh, Pat McAfee, Todd Sauerbrunn, Mike this, Vanderjack. Just what I thought this list would look like at O line: Wisconsin. Uh, right, <laughs> Joe Thomas, Travis, Frederick, Zeitler. I mean, Ramchek. Yep. Oh my, Craig Urban. Okay, J- just what I thought this was look like. Uh, Motsi, there was a WVU just got a commitment uh, from an offensive lineman, like a four-star offensive uh-huh. tackle, right? And so a bunch of my WVU boys in our group chat, everyone's asking me like, "What do you know about this kid, Wes?" Right? Because I'm like the sports guy, right. I'm supposed to know everything. And I looked at his profile really quick, and his final three schools were WVU, Wisconsin and Notre Dame, I believe. And I said, all that I need to know is if he was offered by Wisconsin, we should just, we should, WVU as a school should just, everybody Wisconsin offers right away, next next hour, offer them right afterwards. Dude, it's insane. Ohio State up. Yeah. I think I would have Michigan over Ohio State. I think I would too. Yeah. Jake Long, Steve Hutchinson, Taylor Luan. Yeah. Man, Notre Dame's got some good ones too. Ronnie Stanley and Zach Martin, Quentin Nelson. Ooh, I keep forgetting Quentin with the Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, you're they right. might have the best three of anybody right up there with Wisconsin. Shout out to my dog Sam Young, man. I see you here still kicking, mm-hmm. getting the years on, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, I see your Oklahoma. dog here with Oklahoma. Lane Johnson, that's your dog. No, that's not my dog. Shout out to Trent Williams. Trent Williams. You know that, that draft. Phil Lodehole. Orlando yeah. Brown. Alabama at number six. I don't know about that. How's Alabama ahead of Florida? Yeah, I, with think the, I, I think I'm moving Oklahoma up. I'm moving Oklahoma up too. I might be moving Florida up too. The two Pouncy brothers, Marcus Gilbert, yeah, Trent Max Brown, Starks, Trent, Trent doing Brown. His name? What are we talking about? Yeah. Juwan Taylor, eh, Miami. Eh. Oh, Chaz Green. That's why they down on the list, man. Because Chaz Green get people paid, man. How about Iowa too? Marshall Yonda, Robert Gallery. <sighs> Eric Steinbach. They got some good young Miami guys too, like guys. Tristan Wirfs coming along. Miami got some. Who are you going with on offensive line, though? It's Wisconsin, right? It's I not mean, Wisconsin. It's not even a debate. How do you beat Joe Thomas, Travis Frederick, Kevin Zeitler, Ryan Ramchick? Oh, my. Yeah. God. That's not a debate. No, it's not. In, in Michigan, you said it's got some nice ones. Notre Dame's. I think I'd have Notre Dame and Oklahoma up higher on the list, maybe above Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, but, yeah, I'm Wisconsin. Florida up a lot, though. Florida definitely moves up a lot. All right, so Arthur Motes, uh, we both agree offensive line U is Wisconsin. Yes. Wide receiver U, who you got? Oh, I got to go back to that list. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go. I'm going, I'm going Miami. You going Clemson? Yeah. I'm you going, going Miami? Miami. That, that's going my Miami. other one. Um, tight ends, I'm going Miami. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Running backs? I'm going Oklahoma. See, I just hate this whole, is it college or is it league? Because I'm going Georgia. Yeah. I think those are the two. Yeah. Uh, those are the ones. And then quarterbacks. Which is crazy that the two that we picked from receivers and running backs were still rated sixth or seventh on this list. Makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks, Motsi. This is the most one we argued about. You said about, you go Motsi. Oregon? I'm going NC State. <laughs> I'm going NC State. Even if, you, even if you don't give me Russell Wilson, I'm still going NC State. Or Cal. Hmm. I don't like the quarterbacks at all. Yeah, me either. All the best guys come from. Yeah, this is like it's bad. Miami of Ohio. This is bad. Mississippi State, like your boy Dak Prescott. 
Uh, give me Oklahoma. Yeah? I guess in terms of the Iowa, guys Oklahoma. that have, you know. Yeah. Because I got star power in Kyler Murray. I still got some unproven but potential with Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Sam Bradford has, I mean, we talked about it. That's the money man. That's the money you man. You need some guy to make money, Bradford's going to make Sammy you that Sleeves, money. Sammy Sleeves, baby. And then you got Jalen Hurts, who's also a new cat. Even Landry, man. Landry was the face of the XFL, man. Y'all give my boy some love, man. He was, face, he was the face of somebody's league. That's all that matters. And then where we started, and where we started, D-line you, I'm going Ohio State. <sighs> man. And that was our whole debate, too. Because you, you, you. <sighs> they do got the edge rushers, though. The 4-3 D-A type dudes. I think for me, man, I'm going to roll Tide, man. Yeah? Yeah, I'm rolling can't, Tide. Can't go wrong there. Rolling Arthur Motes. Tomorrow... We'll discuss linebacker you on the program, baby. Gotta do that. Oh, there's some good ones. Penn State, USC, LSU, Alabama. Ooh, we'll talk a little linebacker you on the program tomorrow. I feel like Georgia's supposed to be up there, too, somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Georgia has some guys. Roquan Smith. Yeah, Georgia's they've, had some guys. They've, they've had some guys for sure, too. Oh, man, that'll be fun tomorrow to talk oh, yeah. linebacker. You, obviously, JMU, but aside from the Dukes. Yeah, see, I, I just look at if, if there was an athlete U, it would be JMU because we used to have athletes. That's what we do. There was an athlete U, this it's guy, athlete, this guy do, over here. Like, you want a trophy do. for athlete U? I mean, geez. I mean, we, we, you know, we do what we do. <laughs> and we do what we do here on the program, and that is wrap up with your tweets. So last chance to get them in, knuckleheads. At West Steeler, at the body 52. The body. We'll wrap with your reaction on the other side. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm going to set your flag on fire. Talking about me This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know the drill, wrapping up the show with your tweets. As always, let's get right into it. Michael. He doesn't think uh, Mahomes is going to have this kind of, you know, this heel turn, this become the villain at some point because of his success. He says, I think Mahomes will be fine. His father was beloved during his time as a professional athlete. I suspect Patrick has got great direction and genes. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Kind of, I think that plays into the, the people have never seen him as like the cocky, arrogant guy. Correct. And maybe Super that, humble. maybe his father being a professional athlete Helps and everything that, that comes that, with yeah. that played into that. That's a, that's a good angle there, Michael. I like that one. Uh, Gregory, our buddy out in California across the coasts. (laughs) This is funny. He says, uh, good evening, gentlemen. I guess for him, good evening, depending on, you know, when he's listening (laughs) or tweeting. Very true. Uh, Are there any NFL kickers that have broken your heart or that you have beef with? Details, please. Get into your feelings. (laughs) Man, y'all already know the kicker. He was here in Pittsburgh with me. Uh-oh. Yeah, it cost us the game. Uh-oh. Nice divisional game versus the Baltimore Ratbirds on a primetime event where he missed three field goals that I thought were pretty easy to make. <laughs> Not going to say his name, but it rhymes with Posh Obi. Oh. So, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> and then he just casually, as he was getting released the next day, said, oh, man, my, 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 my leg hurts. Can you check it out? Nah. Nah, nah, nah. So, Heck no. 
Yep. Heck no. That that young man is not on my. He's not on on Santa's good list. Put it like that. I've got two. Uh, Ryan suck up is one right from oh, missing from yeah, missing that yeah. chip shot field goal that kept the Steelers out of the postseason. <laughs> and the other one that I could go with. It's funny and people wouldn't expect this because he's my guy. He's my dog. We. It's been uh, it's been thirteen years. So we've made nice. I could say Pat McAfee though, honestly. Ooh. Because we talk a lot about LaShawn McCoy's role in the worst yeah, day of my yeah. life, what I don't bring up too often, because again, I've forgiven him, I'm over it. He was uh-huh. only a teenager, it happens. Does it really, though? But Pat McAfee missed two chip shot field goals in, uh. that, in that infamous backyard brawl as well, too. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I need that. Uh, we, we don't get over that. Mm-mm. Nope. No, we don't. But he's still my guy. I still love him. He's doing great things for WVU now in terms of the exposure. But if I really wanted to go there, I mean, he I doesn't could, clean W. That boy clean Indianapolis. What are you? <laughs> that boy clean Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Where are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, he West claims Virginia? Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. That's why, if you watch his show, the football helmet he has sitting on his Don't desk is a Mountaineer like helmet. You can hey. barely see that. Barely see it. You got to be looking for Mountaineers to see that. Oh, I don't see any Colts or any Pittsburgh stuff on that. But desk everybody knows he's a Colts and Pittsburgh guy, man. It's that simple. Everybody knows he's a Mountaineer too, baby. No one cares about the Mountaineers. Yeah, more than JMU. Best thing y'all ever had was a, uh, was it Noel Devine? How you gonna talk about Noel Devine like that? How you gonna How you gonna hate on Sam Young like that? Sam Young, Sam Huff Sam, like that? I was like, what? How you gonna hate on Sam? <laughs> That's like, how you going to hate on uh, Jerry East like that? I mean, Jerry West like that. One of them Jerry's. Which, by the way, uh, Jerry West, I was looking at this. He's on Cameo. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out. You know, his number was 44. Uh His price on Cameo, I think it's like, it's either $200 or $344. I like it. I see you, Jerry. I I can't see Jerry, though, like in his 80s, sitting around, like taking selfie videos to send to strangers. What's up, kids? It's Jerry West. They call me the logo. Hope all is well. I've been living out here in California having a grand old time. Happy birthday. Joseph uh, chimes in. He says, I dated a girl who ate her steak well done with ketchup. It blew my mind. Needless to say, she's no longer around. (laughs) Excellent decision, man. You can't trust a young lady that eats her steaks well done with ketchup, man. No. You can't trust. Those are the type of women that end up on snapped. You can't trust him, man. You sleep with one eye open because if you eating that that well done beef jerky, that's what I call it, well done beef jerky with ketchup. Nah, man, they, they got something wrong, and that's got male or female. Something is wrong. That is not normal. Be careful. Our differences as people are what make this country great, except for when it comes to steak. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, you seen Austin Powers? Absolutely. The last Come one, on, man. the I last one, Powers. gold member. Yeah. Right when Austin Powers' dad is like, there's only two things that I can't stand. People who are intolerant of other people and the Dutch. It's simple. So that's like me. There's only two things I can't stand. People who are intolerant of other people and people who eat their steak well done. If you eat it well done, like, why are you even eating a steak? Why? Oh, well done. Can I get my steak well done? And, and can you get some ketchup with that, please? Yeah, sure. What? Why don't I just give you a hockey puck here, and, hey, hey. and you, can, hey, hey. you can go to take, town take on this, that. Take this dog bone and just nibble on that for a little while. Like, what, what, are we, what are you doing? What are we talking about here? Uh, Don Juan's nervous with the Mahomes deal. He says he's great, but he's not playing baseball with one of these huge contracts. You talked about yeah, that before man. we went on air. It's, it's one thing to project Mike Trout's health for the next 10 years. It's very different to talk about a quarterback and a football player. Um, I mean, shoot. 
Mahomes missed time this year from a knee injury. That's and why remember, he didn't we, win and, MVP. And, and think about this when it happened. We thought it was a lot more serious. Excuse me, a lot more serious than what it was. We said, man, when they talked about dislocating the knee, it popping in and out, we thought, man, he could be done for the whole year. And then it came out to not be as serious, and then he came back a little sooner than mm-hmm. we all thought he would have. Mm-hmm. But that right there could have changed everything. So yeah, man, I, I definitely agreed. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm believing that next ten years, I'm, I'm rolling Mike Trout. I just think it's a safer bet, personally. Yeah, I think. I mean, any baseball player is a safer bet, right? To stay healthy, I think, than a, a yeah. any football player, particularly a quarterback, right? A guy who's dropping back forty times a game. And 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 with Mahomes' style too, man. Yeah, he, he takes chances. He's gonna yeah. be a gunslinger. He's gonna yep. stand in the pocket. He's gonna do some moving around. Yeah. Uh, Don Juan also wants to know if the Steelers would have any interest in guys like David Njoku or Marcus May. I don't think Njoku, just for the simple Tight fact, end, you they just already brought picked in Ebron. Ebron yeah. yeah, and Marcus May, too. I mean, you don't really – you need depth at safety. You don't need right. – you you you're, you got Edmonds and you got Minka. Well, and this is the thing. Edmonds is only in the third year of being a first-round draft pick. And he, he, he what, had 100-plus tackles last year. I think they said uh, with his next-gen stats, he missed like seven tackles out of 120 tackles last year. You don't move on from that in three years. That's not how it works. It's not good business, man. So I don't think they're going to make any moves from that department. Yeah. I, think I even saw right. people talking about Jamal Adams when he had said that he wanted to get a trade and everything. Right. I was like, man, you're not, you're not going no. that route, bro. No. Thrash says, I love Motsi's energy today. He has me dying laughing. He's been he's been a good he's been good today, that Arthur Motsi. He's been on one, except hey, for his Russell Wilson take. I, I mean, had to he's wake been up phenomenal today, man. You know, you, you get these guys who who want to just hold a guy and say because he was there longer, that's where he's from. Like, no, man, wherever your last school that you played at, that's where you're from. Oh, so that's only that way for schools, though. What do you mean it's only that way for because, schools? Because, you know, you're not an Arizona Cardinal guy, even though that's the last place you were college. at. College is different. College, you don't – I mean, when you go to college, you have a choice. In the NFL, you don't have a choice. You had a choice with the Cardinals. They didn't draft you. They paid me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, maybe that was the real kicker. They paid maybe, me. Maybe Wisconsin was a little, <laughs> little something under the table what? there for Russell Wilson, huh? Hey, I say, you, you think when I left Jamie, I said, you know, I want to be a Buffalo Bill. No. I'm not going to lie. I didn't say that. I didn't even know where Buffalo was at. I'm sorry. You did want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, though. That was different. <laughs> uh, King Dusty says he's got the U for RBU. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong. You with look that, at those bro. names. They, they've had a little bit of a drought here, yeah. you know, over the last few years. But man, in the 2000s, some of those names that they produced. Well, were and just we said insane. the biggest thing, man. When we're talking about the the U in terms of the running backs. The biggest debate was: Are you talking collegiate careers, correct, or professional careers? Because I think that's the biggest difference collegiately. You talk about McGahee, Frank Gore, and Portis. What, and, and Portis. I mean, that's crazy. But then in the NFL, Frank Gore, he has the longevity. He mm-hmm. has like the he he has the everlasting battery pack. You know, everybody, <laughs> else, everybody else has the portable charger. He's just plugged into the outlet, so that's why he's able to just keep playing. That's him. Obviously, Clinton Portis. He had his time. You know, it was it was. I feel like he was still really, really good, but he never reached like that stardom of like an AP and those type yeah. of guys. And then when you talk about a. Um, Oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy. Uh, Clinton Portis. No, no, I said Clinton Portis, McGahee, Frank Gore. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess it's all three. Mm-hmm. But McGahee's mm-hmm. the one, though. McGahee, obviously, he came in the league off of the big injury, so it took him some time to get up to speed. I think Had his best years were obviously in Baltimore. In Baltimore. Yeah. 
I mean, shout out to RC, though. Portis had some great individual years, too. Yeah. But, you know, the, none of these guys really had the, the Adrian Peterson-type career. Or, in even some a, of these. or even a single season like how Todd Gurley had. That, like, that's a Sean Alexander-type yeah. career. Last one here, the lit one, Rebecca. Lit, lit, lit. Talking you, about, where you been? Talk, yeah, where have you been? Talking about beef with kickers. She says mine is definitely Ray Finkel. Oh, laces the out. Laces out! You drop a Jim Carrey reference or an Ace Ventura oh, reference man. around these parts. Oh, Laces there's the out! They're little footballs. So, man, <laughs> you're gonna fucking me. Halftime. <laughs> Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. It's sixty percent psychological. <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. Thanks to everybody for chiming in on the tweets. You know, we love always getting out of here with a laugh. Let's do this again tomorrow where we will discuss linebacker you. Yeah, 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 man. And how about this, Arthur Mutz? Uh-oh. We'll finally Uh-oh. get to the idea that Thrash gave us a couple weeks yes, ago for a right. topic. Our all-22, mm. all-time mm. AFC North team. Oh, man. So that's what's on the docket for and if tomorrow. if you come here with more than five Baltimore Raven players on your list, Kick me out. I was just going to go with the entire um, 2008 Steelers starting lineup with like Joe Thomas at left tackle. Oh, you can't go wrong with Joe Thomas. <laughs> Can I get Ray Lewis as my linebacker? Uh, you, who are you kicking out? Farrier foot? I mean, number one. <laughs> are we serious right now? Well, if we're talking about that, I, I, mean, say, uh, I love Ryan Clark, but can uh, you step aside for Henry? I want to say, uh, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> so, who's our AFC North all time starting 22? Who uh, do we think is the best college, the best university at producing linebackers? We'll discuss those. We'll give the answers tomorrow. So we'll talk to you then. Are you including a coach in your uh, All-22? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's include a coach, too. So we'll embrace debate tomorrow. And you know what time? We'll be on the air at high noon, as always, and you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steeler Nation Radio.